0: let's go hello fit fizz friends how have you been are you having a good week I'm glad you're joining me again today. I know I've mentioned several times already that I'm going to share more of my story with autoimmune disease and how it all happened for me. And today is that day. I'm only going to get through part of it today, and I hope I won't bore you, but um, I'm really grateful for what I've been through now that the worst of it is behind me. And I'm grateful for all that I've learned so that I can share it with you. I'm kind of cringing at myself right now as I'm saying it because I don't want to sound cliche, but I really, really mean it. And uh, I've dropped parts of my story here and there. It's probably likely that the chronological order of all of it might not make sense. So today I'm going to fill in some of those gaps. One thing that you should know about me is I do tend to cry a lot. I get emotional, so I don't know if I'm going to end up crying in this episode or not. But if I do, can you tell me a joke so we can all laugh and get on with the story? (laughs) Deal? Okay, cool. The reason I decided to share this now is that I want you to be aware of all of the red flags that led me down this path in case you're wondering how I could be working in health and fitness for so long and still have this happen, I'm going to explain that. It's really a matter of that saying that you don't know what you don't know. And when I was at my worst, I remember saying to my mom that I felt like it was happening to me because it's, Was showing me that I was really on the right path to be able to help people through help coaching and knowing how hard it really was to deal with autoimmune disease on my own, the more I'd be able to help others. And it truly doesn't have to happen to anyone. But it does happen because we lack awareness. The signs were there. I just didn't see them because I didn't know they were signs. I know countless women who are at different points down similar paths and it's always because we don't see the signs. And also partly because once again, doctors will, regular doctors will never talk about it until it's too late because they simply aren't educated in these areas and because part of the prevention is through nutrition. In order to legally cover my hiney as usual, I need to tell you that the information shared here is for educational and informational purposes only. Although I do hold several certifications, I am not a doctor, so none of this should be interpreted as an intent to heal, diagnose, treat, cure, or prescribe. And now that that's out of the way, let's get on with the story. So story time today. Let's move back to 2006. I was having lots and lots of migraines, about five or six or maybe seven days a week. And I was doing some testing to figure out why I had these migraines. And I was diagnosed with hypothyroidism. At the time, I was drinking about 32 ounces of Diet Coke every single day. That was my vice and my addiction. And I didn't care at the time. I thought I was, you know, that toxins weren't gonna affect me. I was invincible and I was ignorant. Eventually, I figured out that the Diet Coke was causing my migraines. But anyway, along that process, I found out I was hypothyroid, had hypothyroidism. I was put on medication for that. Along the way, I also dealt with various bouts of anxiety and anxiety and depression from unaddressed and addressed issues from a previous sexual assault, which I'll talk about more on another episode abusive relationships, being laid off from work, all of that kind of life stress. Um, I was diagnosed with PTSD from the sexual assault. You'll see how all of these things are relevant at a later point. I'll tie it all together. Several years passed, basic stuff like, you know, relationships, stressful work situations, over cramming my schedule, feeling constantly exhausted. By that time, I was used to people telling me all the time, like, why are you so tired? Come on, you only need like five or six hours of sleep. You should be fine. Sleep when you're dead. And I always never understood when people would say sleep when when you were dead, because I never in my life would I ever feel rested on just five or six hours of sleep. And I know some people do feel fine on five or six hours of sleep. And that is awesome. Um, I'm not one of those people. I always enjoyed pushing myself in the gym. And that's how I ended up eventually competing in bodybuilding and powerlifting. And I'll explain how those were contributing factors as well. In 2015, I had done about three powerlifting meets and I was in the groove of that. One day at training, I had a pretty bad fall. Totally clumsy Kelly moment. We were doing box jumps to warm up our joints a little bit. I've always been a terrible jumper, but you know I was going along with the plan, doing my jump box jumps. These boxes had a very narrow top at them, and they had a metal frame. And clumsy me jumped. My toes hit the top edge of the frame. The frame knocked over. I fell on top of it. <laughs> Splat, face first. And unfortunately, I one of the metal bars hit me directly across the pelvis and it hit me hard. I mean, I just I fell like a belly flop. And it hurt. I mean, I could I could walk and everything. I trained that day. You know, I thought I'd just shake it off. But about a month later, I was still visibly bruised and still visibly I mean, I was still in pain. So I decided, you know, I I was a little at that point a month later, I was a little concerned about my internal organs. So I decided to go and um, have it checked out and through that, we found out that my kidneys were slightly under-functioning. So that's one thing that happened along the way. I'm not saying it was directly related to autoimmune disease, but it's something that, again, I will come back around to that at another time. Um, I was noticing that my chronic exhaustion was getting much worse. Throughout that period of time, I was asking doctors, like, well, you know, I'm so tired. What about what is chronic fatigue? Or what is adrenal fatigue? Do you think I could have those? And they always just kind of brushed it off and shrugged it off, like it wasn't a real thing. And at the time, I just thought like, well, if I had it, I guess they would tell me but what I know now is that I was asking doctors questions that they were not qualified to answer. So if you're still not bought into the whole functional medicine thing, please hear me out. Those doctors, don't have a test that they can give you to say yes you're testing positive for adrenal fatigue yes you're testing positive for chronic fatigue because so many other bodily functions comprise what is adrenal fatigue or chronic fatigue so they don't have one specific test so they're not going to have they're not going to say yes let's do it yes you have that they can't specifically pinpoint you because of one one lab test, so they're not going to tell you that you have it, even if you might. So, but anyway, they told me, nah, you might just need some antidepressants. So, a couple times I took them, and it never seemed to help. In fact, I, they, they usually made me feel worse. And this is an example of medical gaslighting that happens so frequently. There's no, not even a data point for it. Um, you know people all around me kept insisting like oh no no it's take just take some antidepressants it's going to make you feel better and it never did and i just felt so confused i i knew something was wrong and i wanted to feel better and i know that other people wanted me to feel better too but like i didn't have i didn't have another answer at the time my exhaustion was still getting worse and worse. It was like an overwhelming urge to sleep. And it's not like when you are lacking sleep, and maybe there's some night where you only get two or three hours of sleep, and the next day you have the show must go on and you might only be running on two, three hours of sleep. And that exhaustion, and the pain behind your eyes, it was not like that. It was completely different. The, The closest thing I can explain it to is like, you know, when you have to sneeze, and you're like, oh my gosh, here comes a sneeze. It was like that, but with like oh my gosh, I need to sleep right now. Like, There's no way you could hold back a sneeze. There's no way I could hold back this overwhelming urge to sleep. It was like every cell in my body was like, you need to sleep right now. And it wasn't like narcolepsy. That's something completely different. So during 2015, there was at a point where it was so bad that I was sleeping in my car during lunch. And I kept telling the doctor that I was tired. Like, abnormally tired. I was sleeping like I was dead at night for 9, 10, 11 hours. She kept telling me I was fine. Maybe I was just depressed. I knew I wasn't depressed. And again, hopefully I'm not boring you guys, but this is these are important signs that I didn't see. And again, regular doctors are not going to help you see them functional medicine yes but not regular doctors they kept testing my thyroid they kept telling me i was normal and my blood re- my blood test results appeared normal but that's what's so deceptive about autoimmune diseases and what's so deceptive about trusting what the lab tests are that your doctor will typically order. You can't trust them because the lab results might turn up normal, but what's happening on a cellular level is that your body is not converting hormones the proper way. I was At that time, I was also super excited about my plans for FitFizz. There were times I would work, drive a block to a secluded parking lot so that nobody could peek into my windows, and I would sleep because I knew I was too tired to drive home. I wasn't safe to drive. There were also countless times where I would drive home, pull into my garage, and sleep. Like, I remember countless days where I was, I, I never felt like I was going to fall asleep at the wheel, but the, just the overwhelming, like, I need to sleep right now, almost like a panic. And I would drive into my garage, put the car in park, take out the keys, close the garage door, and just boom, I was out in a matter of seconds. I was too tired to even walk inside, and there were other times where I would I was had enough energy to walk inside, but I would fall asleep on the front stairs leading up to my living room because I would rather fall asleep on the stairs than somehow summons the energy to walk a few more yards and fall asleep in my bed. It was that overpowering of a feeling of like I need to sleep. I would talk about this stuff at training with my powerlifting team and a lot of them would be like, "Oh, you you just have sleep apnea." Pretty common in the powerlifting community and they would just say things like, "Oh, you're just not sleeping well. Just go get a sleep test. You have sleep apnea, you'll be fine. It'll change your life." So, I knew I slept like I was dead. I knew I slept like a log. I was pretty sure I didn't ha- have sleep apnea, but maybe it was worth it to ha- go have a sleep test done. Well, I had three sleep tests done. And the results were, yeah, this isn't normal, but we don't know what to call it. So when you have a sleep disorder that they don't know what to call it, they put it under this umbrella of what they call idiopathic hypersomnia. That means you've got a sleep problem, but we don't know what to call it. And this is where you're going. And at that time also I had was having severe brain fog throughout the day. It was very hard to make decisions, very hard to be alert. I it was like I wasn't you know, like when you wake up from a nap, have you ever had like woken up from sleep and you're you have to like think really hard, like, wait, what day is it? Is it morning? Did I miss work? And you you're just kind of really out of it. I was dealing with that through most of my days at that point. And I didn't know what brain fog was. I just, it was very scary to go through my days like that. And I was having a lot of anxiety to go along with it. And you'll find out how that's also part of the picture. So anyway, I had the sleep test done. They diagnosed me with hypersomnia. A lot of people who go down this path of autoimmune issues will experience the opposite with sleep. A lot, a lot, I'd, I'd... I'll even say probably a majority of people who go down a similar path with autoimmune issues will have insomnia, which is the opposite of hypersomnia. So, I had this diagnosis and the only thing my doctor, the only thing my doctor could do was to offer me A, to take stimulants or B, antidepressants. It's like take your pick of chemicals that might leave you dependent. And I knew I wasn't depressed. I knew antidepressants didn't make me feel good. I didn't want the stimulants either, but in my desperation to stay awake like a normal person, that's what I chose. I chose the stimulant drugs and I was terrified of potential addiction. So I wanted a low dose. So that's what my doctor gave me. And she didn't warn me how fast my body would build up a tolerance. And a month later, I had doubled that dose. A few months later, that dose was doubled. A few months later, that dose doubled. Was doubled, and yes, it was a very dangerous place to be. But yet, my body built up a tolerance, so I was on these ex- an, a very, very high level of stimulants, and I was still exhausted. I could fall asleep at any given point in a matter of a couple seconds. And at um, at that point too, I was also really trying hard in all of my nights and weekends to work on fit fizz. I had a vision, and I wanted to make it come true so much. I knew it was hard work. And I knew sacrifice was part of the equation. But I was still like, I just thought I was tired. I didn't have answers. I was powerlifting, but I was starting to carry some guilt for not pulling my weight with the team because I was only doing the bare minimum at training. And my desire to build fit fizz overpowered my guilt about training. But at that point, I was still killing it with powerlifting. In my opinion, I was I qualified to compete in a women's, women's pro level powerlifting meet. I was competing with women who'd broken world records. And I was still steadily increasing my lifts and I was loving it. But I was so exhausted 24-7. I was not myself. Every aspect of life was overwhelming. Now, at this point, I had heard about Hashimoto's and I talked to my doctor about it. She referred me to an endocrinologist. He tested me. He said, nope, you don't have it. This is where my disbelief began because I'd started to learn a little bit. And I just didn't have the resources or the knowledge yet to deal with what those doctors were telling me. And I didn't have the confidence to tell them they were fired. So in addition to that, I was laid off. Major panic and stress. I had no savings, no one to lean on. I had just paid money to get my nutrition certification one week prior to being laid off. It took me two years to save up for it. I knew I had to keep looking for full-time work, building FitViz, studying for my nutrition certification, and I was dealing with the exhaustion. And all of that stress at this point, because I was just starting to crack open the book for studying for nutrition, the stress was creating autoimmune disease. Around that time, I started listening to podcasts and I tried to figure out what I was doing with my life and why I was being the emotional person that I was. And Of course, I was drawn to fitness podcasts. So I started to listen to some that were more health related as I was learning more about nutrition and going through that course. And I started hearing the word Hashimoto's thyroiditis a lot. I was intrigued because it related to hypothyroidism. And I'd heard many women's stories, but it was often accompanied with that fact of insomnia, which I definitely didn't have. I thought about it. And I thought, maybe this isn't me, but I kept paying attention. And I'll never forget the exact episode when I listened to Isabella Wentz, a Hashimoto's expert, talking on a podcast, and she described me to a T. She described me to a T so much that I cried. And I listened to it again, and I cried. Here I go. (laughs) trying not to cry. Um, I found another podcast all about Hashimoto's. It described me to a T again. And it was like the floodgates of knowledge totally opened. I'll never forget. It was July 2nd, 2017. I text the episode to my mom and I asked her to listen to it. And she did immediately. And she immediately agreed. I She was like, yes, I think this is what you have. And that's when I started to realize the sleep disorder I was diagnosed with was an absolute lie. I didn't have a sleep disorder. I had Hashimoto's. This was a huge turning point for me. And I'll share the next part of my story with all of the severe symptoms beyond the exhaustion that made it hard for me to function every day. It's a very long list. A lot of things with my skin and digestion. And again, I hope I'm not boring you, but I'm telling you this again. I want you to see the slow creep that this disease had on me until it had me by the throat and how I was medically gaslighted by doctors, because it makes me so sad to hear this medical gaslighting happening to people all the time. If it weren't for me going through the nutrition certification myself, I don't know how long it would have taken me to realize what was happening. And a great majority of it happened because of years of stress. Please know that. I'm... Not saying this will happen to you because of stress, but when you hear stress is bad for you, this is what I'm talking about. This is what can actually happen, how bad it actually is. And I want to say that before we end this episode, part of the reason I say I have or I had autoimmune disease and I don't say I have or I had Hashimoto's is because I don't want you to tune it out and think that this this doesn't apply to you. Autoimmune disease is a huge umbrella, and a vast majority of symptoms are quite similar for many autoimmune diseases. I can't say I know what it's like to have Lyme or lupus or fibromyalgia, but many of the symptoms are the same, and many of them start the same. I'm telling you this to increase awareness of how it can start and what the red flags are. So I'm going to continue this on another episode, but thank you so much much for listening through my story. I'm grateful that you shared this time with me. And if you found this useful or interesting, please write a review for me on iTunes. I would love it. And if you would like to schedule a one-on-one time to talk about your own health or fitness struggles or questions or goals, please do so. You can schedule an appointment with me at fitfitstudio.com. And by the way, there's free shipping right now in my Fit Fizz shop. And um, I have recently added some new shirts that would make great, gifts for people you know so thanks again and until next time breathe, stay strong and celebrate victory celebrate victory